0: Hey everyone, Madeline Dell here, the chapter goddess. I am a mom, author, blogger, freelancer, podcaster, producer, and overall creative. With this show, I really wanna focus on creatives and bring their authentic self to life. How are they motivated? to pursue their passion. What have been the struggles along the way? Does self-care play an important role in who they are today and how they connect with the creative flow? Bringing one's authentic self to the forefront is important in this world that we live in currently. Sharing your self-care, your tips, and how you stay on track for things without losing it completely is also important. Self-care is not talked about enough, and authenticity and self-care are what I like to highlight with my creatives, as well as getting to know them. So get ready for a fun and entertaining show, hit the like button, subscribe if you haven't already, and let's get ready to meet this episode's guests. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Book Chat. Today, I've got another guest for us to meet and listen to a little bit about what she's written and got going on. I am very excited to have her on the show. And before we jump in, I do want to mention that I have Blue Flames out. It is live and it is on this side Uh, I always get this backwards. Um, It is live, ready to go, and I hope you'll check it out. But without further ado, here is our guest.
1: Hey, Maddie, congrats on your new book. Thank you. Um, Yeah, my name's Avanti Centre, and I'm the author of the best-selling Van Ops thriller series, as well as a new book called Cleopatra's Vendetta. And um, these are action thrillers. filled with intrigue, history, science, and mystery for the discriminating reader. So I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me on your show.
0: I am very excited to hear about your book. First off, Cleopatra, just the name kind of like snags my attention because I remember reading a little bit about her when I was younger. But what inspired this story?
1: Ooh. So this story was um so partially inspired by Cleopatra. She's been one of my heroines forever, right? She's such a fascinating uh person of history. And the story inspiration actually started with the idea about the conflict between the husband and wife who are at the the heart of the story. And they lost their infant son um, about a year before the story starts. And as often happens with couples, uh, they've just been at each other's throats and decided to go on a vacation. Um, So they're a power couple. He heads up a special ops group and she's a CEO for a biofuels company. And so they could afford to go to Italy for a, a holiday. And while they're there... Um, the wife Angie and their four-year-old daughter get kidnapped um, and the story just takes off from there so that was the original inspiration was that kind of you know uh, conflict um, between not only them but the kidnappers and uh, I eventually found a way to weave Cleopatra in there um, they have to Stryker and Angie's sister have to trace some clues that Cleopatra left on her deathbed, uh, in order to figure out where Angie has been hidden. So there's a a connection there.
0: Wow. Okay. How did you organize your thoughts to make (laughs) the story work? I'm not much of a thriller writer. I do a lot of fantasies. So this has always sparked my interest, but how do you like start like from point A and get to point B?
1: You know, I've always been fascinated by how fantasy writers do their thing. Robert Jordan is <laughs> one of my all-time favorites. Um, and the world building that's involved in fantasy oh, just yeah. super intimidates me. Um, but my novels are somewhat complex. And so I organize everything in an outline. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I start with just uh, the m- maybe the back of the jacket blurb is um, one of the things that I often will start with. And then I'll sketch out the characters so that I know kind of who they are and what's driving them and their wounds and their, their journey. You know, I like my thrillers to have some, some journey to them. And then I start working on the plot and uh, you know, just outline it with, you know, one chapter is one paragraph. And next thing you know, you're ready to start writing the chapter by chapter. Yeah.
0: Yes. I've kind of like gone from the beginning of my writing journey as a pantser to planning now. I actually use, like, a bullet point list to kind of do the chapters. And that was – because I was doing, like, summarize, this happens in this chapter kind of thing. But Mm -hmm. I had someone I interviewed a while back. was like, oh, no, I do bullet points. It seems to go smoother. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try that. And it just – yeah. It's almost impossible to pants anything these days. So –
1: yeah. Well, and I like to throw in some red herrings. Maybe you do too. Get some twists in there. And yeah. in order to to really have a an ending that comes together in a satisfying way, I feel like you have to drop hints along the way. So right now I'm outlining um, and working on a new novel. And last night, as I was finishing with that, I was like, oh, so I think the ending needs to have some of this in there. So now I need to go back through the outline and make sure I hit those points, you know, Mm -hmm. three or four times in order to make the ending very realistic. So it Mm -hmm. helps me keep track of everything.
0: That is good. So when you go to develop your characters, do you Mm -hmm. give them interesting backstories?
1: Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. Um... I rely on a, a personality typing system called the Enneagram uh-huh. and that's a shorthand for me to know kind of what their wounds are and what they're doing from a psychological standpoint to avoid that wound. So I'm able to um, kind of at a glance know uh, what they might do in different situations and, um, in, in certain um, characters, I think um, for me, a backstory is important. So in this Cleopatra's Vendetta, uh, Stryker, Timothy Stryker, um, mm-hmm. he's the husband who's trying to find his wife. And he had um, an interesting backstory where his father killed his mother and his little sister and caused some physical damage to Timothy. He lost a finger, has a shoulder problem as a result. um, And it's really colored his perception of drinking because his dad was just a down and out drunk and killed them in in a fit of alcoholic rage. And so the way that Angie's been dealing with the grief of their child is by drinking. So you can imagine that that doesn't go over very well with Timothy because, oh my God, people who drink end up killing people, right? Um, So that was a situation where I felt like I needed to have some more of his backstory spelled out. Um, With Angie, I just kind of had a little bit of it in my head with she and her sister. But as I wrote, you know, some of that just kind of came out where it was relevant. So I don't spend a lot of time delving on it um you know just kind of as it serves the story what about you
0: yeah no backstories are like a fun topic I actually Mm -hmm. have a show where I talk about a lot of characters backstories but it does help to give them something that's happened in their past that influences who they are especially in the beginning of stories um like I'm going to use one of my fantasy characters since it's on the side every time I forget blue flames and black (laughs) flames, the main Uh character in that story, her name is Amber and her entire life, her family and the packs alpha has controlled what she can do, like her schedule, like everything, because she's supposed to be the future, like Luna of the pack and her and her Mm -hmm. chosen partner, who is not her mate, but she's been forced into this contract of marriage with is they're supposed to take over but then something happens and she discovers her mother had a secret and that she's actually not a wolf but a hellhound so it just kind of like all blows up and she has to figure out who she is how to control this new power take back her like own personal control like where she can take over her life and lead what the kind of life she wants to lead and It's just a lot of fun
1: because like yeah. her mother's
0: past influenced what happened to
1: her so right yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i did that same thing actually in the van ops series yeah. so the third van ops book came out last spring called the doomsday medallion and in it we get some backstory about the twins who mm-hmm. Maddie is one of the main characters. Yeah. Um, yeah, great name. And <laughs> Will who are, you know, 30 something, but, uh, their mom died when they were little. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that comes into play in this third book. So, so yeah, I definitely um, think backstories are important, but to a point, right? Like oh, yeah, my whole definitely. thing is, um, you know, I just, I don't want to go too far into the rabbit hole and not yeah. be writing the story.
0: Yeah, so balance there to progress forward, not like oh, here we're stuck here. This is what happened Mm -hmm. in the past. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, have you when you come across like a plot hole in something you've written? What has been the best way for you to correct that? And this may not have been an issue with you. Sounds like you've got it pretty like set.
1: Oh, no, there's plot holes that get found. I rely on a bevy of beta readers to help me find those. And usually I smack my forehead and then it depends on the plot hole, right? Um, I I haven't come across one that's not fixable. Uh, Usually it just involves going back earlier in the story and, you know, maybe laying the groundwork or um, fixing something that, you know, I said earlier or something like that. But I haven't come across one that's that's not fixable in some way or another. Um, but they're, they're there. And that's why, you know, I'm just so grateful for my editors and my beta readers, because as I'm sure, you know, we writers, we get myopic, right. We, we are into our story and even, you know, after reading it through multiple times, we're just like, Oh, that's pretty good. (laughs) You know, and then you get get to the editing stage and they're like, oh, but what about this or that? Or, Oh yeah. Okay. Good point. Yeah. So I really appreciate all of that feedback that helps it make, make it a better book.
0: Oh my gosh. Yes. Beta readers are lifesavers. I will definitely like, it, it's hard like getting that group of beta readers going at the beginning. Mm -hmm. But once you've got it, it's like, Oh, I'm so thankful for you. Please stay. Don't leave me. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. it's amazing what they catch in the writing though. Um, what is your least favorite part of the process of creating a book, like from start to finish? And that includes like the editing, the marketing, like all of that. What is your least favorite part?
1: Well, I think the hardest part for me is coming up with that unique hook. Mm -hmm. that, that story idea. And often, you know, my, my whole stories revolve around a twist at the end. And so coming up with that initial twist um, or, or, or hook, right. Mm -hmm. um, Is, is hard. Uh, You know, I mean, I can draft up characters and plots all day long, but that doesn't mean it's going to be a good book. Right. Yeah. So for, for me, I have to get over that initial, um, is this book worth writing? You know, is it a big enough idea? Um, is it going to, uh, you know, satisfy my fans and myself? And that can be the, the hardest part. You know, I can sit around for a while, um, with nothing to write about because I'm not happy with any of my ideas You know, and so then I'm out, you know, searching for a good idea that I want to that I want to write about, you know, something that's going to be worth all the time and effort and energy um, to pursue. So for me, um, you know, once I have at least the germ of an idea, the rest of it's a lot of fun. I love doing all the research. I love doing the writing. The editing is is great because it helps, you know, make the story better for everyone. The marketing is even pretty fun and easy, but coming up with that initial idea um, is the hardest part for me.
0: Yeah. Um, curious question. Do you, what? How do you organize all the different ideas you get for books? Because as a creative, I know a lot of things kind of come mm-hmm. out and you can be in the middle of something. Do you have a specific <laughs> way of keeping up with those ideas?
1: I do. I have an app on my phone, yeah. right? Um, and I'll be uh, perusing Facebook or out on a hike or um, or reading Twitter or l- checking out the New York Times or <laughs> talking with friends or um, a-, a dream or whatever. And I'll be like, Oh okay, I might want to work that into a story one of these days. As a matter of fact, the second book in the um, in the, the Van Op series uh, came about um, as the result of, I was just cruising Facebook and read about this nine-year-old boy who had discovered um, a lost city in the Yucatan um, using a, a, a different type of technology. And I was like, oh so I, I wrote it in my little notepad. And then after I finished the first book, I was like, you know, I really liked that idea. And I think I could make that into a really cool twist. And so I did. So the, the whole book of Solstice shadows, you know, you think it's going somewhere and they're going to be able to figure it out, you know, in one way. And then, (laughs) whoa, it you know, there's a, a completely different, you know, way that they have to solve the problem. Um, So, so yeah, so I, I jot them all down. I just have a little simple note app in my phone and, and then when I'm in that stage of, oh, I need a new idea, what am I going to write about? Then, you know, I start there, right. And I go through and I see, okay, you know, okay, that one, maybe I could play with that one. So I'll play with that one a little while and it'll either work or it won't, um, you know, I'll get down down the, the plot line a little bit. I mean, yeah, no. And then sometimes it just takes a while for the story to come together. So I have an idea for the fourth book in the Van Ops series. Mm-hmm. And I've been playing with that for a while. And I was um, having lunch with a friend one day, talking to her about, you know, I just can't get the ending of this one. You know, it's got all the other elements, da 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 da, but the ending. And so I explained it to her a little bit. And she's like, oh, what about this? I'm like, oh that's brilliant. So as soon as I finish the book that I'm working on now, I'll probably take advantage of her idea and, that and go through and, and finish off that, um, that fourth grand ops book. So yeah, there's so much technology these days yes. to keep track of ideas.
0: Oh my gosh. Yes. And I've actually, I'm terrible about keeping mine in one place, but I'm working on it. So it's always curious to ask because I'm a little more scatterbrained. I think I have no <laughs> all over the place and an app on my phone. Uh Uh, It's like I'm always in some like weird spot, but the app on the phone, I probably need to start doing it like that. Because like you said, you can just pull it up and like scroll down to see what you want to work with that day instead of having to go hunt down a notebook. (laughs) Uh But another fun question. Have you ever had writer's block and how do you move through that?
1: Well, I don't know if we could call what what we described earlier in the conversation as writer's block or not, mm-hmm. because it it definitely keeps me from from writing because you know I don't have an idea that I like um, yeah. or want to work with, so I'm not writing. So you know, and I suppose it could meet that definition of of writer's block. And so the way that I work through it is just um, uh, I I start brainstorming. I've got um, Oh, some encyclopedias of like weird and mysterious things Mm -hmm. um, or I'll start researching stuff, you know, on the Internet, things that interest me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that, uh, you know, I just try to keep the creative juices going by still dedicating some time to researching and thinking about um, what I'm going to write uh, and or um, it's a great time to read You know, read other people's work, because often when I'm in the middle of creating, I don't have a lot of time to read other people's stuff. So I find that there's always something that I can be doing for my writing, um, even if it's just marketing, you know, tweaking an ad um, or, uh, you know, going back through that list of ideas or something. So there's always something that I can do.
0: That's true. Um, Have you ever felt overwhelmed working on stuff and how do you get through that? Like, is there a way do you just step back and just make a list or?
1: Mm -hmm. That's exactly what I do when I feel like there's just too much to do on any given day. I'll step back and make a list and I'll prioritize it and I'll just take the most important thing next and then the next most important thing. Um, and sometimes I find it helpful to take a walk and just not do anything for 20 minutes, right? Just get my blood pressure down, go for a walk with the dog, hang out in the sun. And then I'll realize, okay, so this is the next most important thing and the world isn't going to end if I don't get them all done today. And yeah, but life can get very busy.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. And I've had to teach myself how to step back when getting overwhelmed. I feel like as a creative, like literally, you could just keep working and working whether you want to or
1: not. You could.
0: It's a lot. Um, In your journey as an author, what has been your favorite scene to write with any of your books?
1: Hmm. I think the favorite scene was in that third Van Ops novel, The Doomsday Medallion, where um, our heroes, Maddie and Will Argonis, are trying to track down the lost uh, medallion of Nostradamus because mm-hmm. the the Chinese are trying to find it uh, because they want to invade Taiwan. And they believe that if they can find a way to foretell the future that they will be able to be successful in their invasion of Taiwan. And so our, our heroes who belong to an ultra black covert agency called Van Ops um, are in France. And uh, there's a a young girl who's 16, who has foretold that uh, China would invade an outlining outlying Island and of taiwan and this happened and so our heroes believe that she um, has been kidnapped and they're trying to find her and we're in uh, the south of france at a place that i had the opportunity to visit um a- along the um in in marseille which is this harbor uh with all these boats okay um ancient okay. port town and i had intended this scene to be a scene well, (laughs) for whatever reason, I really love to write action. And this action sequence ended up taking up, I don't know, maybe 50 pages, 75 pages, something like that. A huge portion of the book. So, you know, they, they start off where they, you know, think they know where she's at. And then, you know, this, they get attacked by the bad guys. And then they chase Mm -hmm. down this other guy with one eye. And then they end up, um, finally getting her at the library, but then the bad guys are chasing them again and they have to jump on jet skis. And then, you know, they take off on the jet skis and then the boat starts to chase the jet skis. <laughs> so it just went on and on and on. And what was so fun about it was, um, I hadn't really intended it for, for it to be that much excitement at that point yeah. in the book, but that's just how it came out. And it was, it was super fun, super fun to write. Yes.
0: Action scenes yeah. are always like the best to write because there's so much happening at once. And mm-hmm. when viewers not being able to like watch it on the TV screen, you got to make sure like they're able to like visualize it in their heads and just like, em- em- or, like embrace themselves in the story and just be present there. Like it's actually them being a part of it.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's so, fun. so that was a blast. Yes. Um, do you
0: have many action scenes in Cleopatra's Vendetta?
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah! I'm the action scene queen, um, <laughs> which is which is funny because people look at me and they go, "You're a girl," you know, and I'm like, "Yes," and. I have dreams almost every night where bad guys are trying to kill me and I'm having to stab people or shoot people or whatever. Maybe it was a past life as an operative. I don't know what it was, but um, yes, in Cleopatra's vendetta uh, we have so many action scenes. Where do we start? So, so, Angie gets kidnapped, right? So that's full of action because she's trying to fight back and that doesn't work out so well. Um, And then her sister, um, a number of chapters later, is trying to trace down these guys and she has to run through the streets of Bari to chase one guy. And she ends up, he starts to shoot at her. So she shoots at him. And when she's going to check him out, somebody else shows up with a gun to the back of her neck. So she's got to get out of that situation. Um, Meanwhile, uh, the story actually opens with Stryker and one of his buddies in Saudi Arabia, where they're trying to stop an assassination attempt of the Saudi crown prince and they fail miserably. Um, so they're trying to figure out, you know, why are all these people being assassinated? And then there's a number of, you know, chase scenes where striker and his, um, you know, his team is being chased by the same assassins that assassinated the Saudi crown prince who just happened to be the same kidnappers who are keeping, you know, Angie and their daughter hidden on some secret Island. Um, yeah, and it turns out they're trying to. The bad guys are trying to assassinate either the president or the president elect. Um, so we have to stop the assassination as well. So lots of action. Yes. Yeah, but good character growth too, right? So those of you who are listening that are like, "Oh, I don't care for all that action," well, we also have um, a lot of character growth. So Angie starts out, you know, drinking like a fish, and she oh, yeah. she's on this island where she doesn't have a drop to drink and so she has to detox and kind of do some come to Jesus, you know, yeah. growing before she can really help uh, all the gals escape there and Striker has oh, to do yeah. some, you know, growing on his own too. Um so so yeah, it's not just all fun and bullets. There's some yeah. some good character yeah. growth in there too.
0: That's good cuz that it's almost like she has to like literally she's forced to face those emotions and stuff she's been running away from
1: yes
0: yes that yes so is this story told in third person yes i'm so curious multiple points of view yeah oh so i bet her working through all of that and like just the both of them working through the loss and everything that's got to be very interesting like so i know there's going to be a lot of emotions tied up in Mm. that and with her putting it off for so long, it's going to,
1: so. Oh yeah. And she doesn't, like most of us in America, she doesn't know how to deal with those emotions. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's why she's been turned into alcohol just to numb the pain. And, uh, that's, that's unfortunately a, a very common, you know, real life scenario. And, um, so, uh, Tim, um, her husband, uh, had an anger issue as a result of everything that happened to him as a child. And when he was in the service, he had a, a sergeant who gave him some tools and he's told Angie about the tools that have worked for him, but she just doesn't want to hear it. So Uh she finally has the opportunity to, okay, well maybe I should try some of Tim's advice and see if I can, you know, deal with some of these icky emotions. And so,
0: yeah, and it's, yeah. it's good that the alcohol clears your system to like do that, that, that's a good kind of mental health thing right there. And something I like to ask all creatives I chat with is what do you do to take care of your own personal mental health?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And one of the things I've been doing since I was in my mid twenties is meditating mm-hmm. Um And I absolutely love it. It's super fun. And it helps me deal with, uh, you know, all of my own emotional issues because we're human, right? Everybody has emotions that come up, we get triggered, we get angry, we get sad. Um, you know, we don't always just walk around in, in bliss. And so, uh, meditation has really helped me with that. Um, along with, uh, yoga, uh, you know, I started <laughs> doing yoga classes back when I was, you know, a wee puppy and all of those things have helped and, and kind of color my, my writing, you know, I think, um, you know, uh, the emotional intelligence and capabilities that you can get from things like, uh, um, you know, yoga, which is I think really therapy in motion. Um, oh, yeah. I just, I, yeah.
0: You can pull a lot from it with just meditation and yoga together. Like you're, mm-hmm. you're observing your inner emotions and thoughts and everything controlling yeah. it working on controlling your breath and your heart rate and stuff. And it just like peace is like all I can say where that you get peace. So
1: Yes. Yes. I love getting to that, that peaceful state. Yeah.
0: It's, it's wonderful. So
1: it is. So I also get, you know, a massage once in a while and play with the dog a lot. And, you know, so there's other things that I do as well for my mental health, but uh, I think at the, at the core of it is that, you know, yoga and meditation.
0: That's excellent. Well, Vante, go ahead and tell our viewers and listeners where they can find you and all of your wonderful work.
1: Yeah, so because my name is a little bit hard to remember, I set up a, a website that directs to AvantiCentrae.com. So if people go to vanops.net, which is a lot easier to remember, V-A-N-O-P-S.net, that will redirect over to my website where people can watch. Um, there's a really cool trailer, of Cleopatra's Vendetta, there on the front page. Uh, they can also click through and learn all about the Van Ops series, which has three books in it right now. And there's lots of trailers there, um, also um um, there's a, a page with um, all kinds of news articles and um, and this podcast will be there uh, once we get the link for that. Oh. And on the contact page, uh, they can find links to me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So I'd love to hear from people. They can also get the first six chapters of The Lost Power, which um, is my Ooh. debut novel. Ooh. They can get that for free just by signing up on my email list and I'm not a spammer they'll get a couple email and then you know once um, once a month or thereabouts when I have something fun to offer or give away. so yeah, so I would love to um, love to hear from people
0: yeah FanOps.net. yeah awesome and I will have that link at the description for you all as well. Thank you so much for being on the book chat with me today.
1: Thank you, Maddie. I really appreciate it and best of luck with your writing career Thank you
0: I hope you enjoyed the show don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe to get future notifications when shows come out also be sure to check out my website i have a blog featuring this creative with some other fun and interesting questions you can also subscribe to my newsletter there to stay up to date with all things the chapter goddess and madeline dale Once again, thanks for watching and have a great rest of the day.